everyone, you're listening to Kathy White here from Geek Girl Meetup UK. It is time for the next instalment of Geek Girl Meets. And today I am delighted to welcome one of my favourite people, Stephanie Alice, who is the co-founder and chief pleasure officer of Mystery Vibe, which also happens to be one of my favourite startups. <laughs> um, Stephanie, thanks for joining me today for Geek Girl Meets. Oh, thank you for having me. So before I launch into the first question that I uh, already gave you pre-warning of is my favourite to ask, just tell us really quickly what is Mystery Vibe? Sure. So Mystery Vibe is a British health and lifestyle company. Um, we recently launched our first product, which is a highly personalizable smart vibrator. Um, so that's very elevator pitch right there. Very elevator pitch. And more importantly, what is the name of the vibrator? It's called Crescendo. Possibly my favorite name ever. So <laughs> first question that we always like to ask is, what did you want to be when you were growing up? You know, it's really difficult to put my finger on because I went through so many different phases of wanting to do very different things. Um, the first thing I remember really wanting to be was a barrister, um, partially because my uncle was one, but also because I kind of loved the whole drama um, situation, being in a courtroom kind of idea. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then I flipped entirely and for a while wanted to be a astronomer. Or a cosmologist. Ooh. Yeah, a really weird one, right? Yeah, that's quite a change. Um, I, was, I was absolutely... And this was partially inspired by my, by my brother, who was really into like space and string theory and crazy physics. Um, but I, I went through a phase of just being absolutely fascinated by what was beyond what we could see and what was beyond kind of the clouds and the stars and etc. Et and kind of understanding where we came from and all those big questions about like what is life and all those things so I was quite young to be having those very philosophical um, thoughts but uh, for a while I really wanted to do that Um, and then kind of life took over and I got into college and found my love of politics and of debating and um, international relations and things kind of went from there really but those are my kind of two what I wanted to be when I was when I was a child. Okay, um, so this is quite interesting. So we've got aspects of the big unknown, mm. aspects of debating, and aspects of big philosophical questions and, and law. And a mix of science and non-science. Yeah. Um, so how do we get from all of that to co-founding a sex tech company so I'd say after I found my love of politics when I was doing A-level I thought I really wanted to do that and take that forward and get more involved in the way that um, people live their lives and understanding more about kind of how what happens on a bigger scale affects the very small things Um, but I I kind of I came across a bit of a road bump when I did my AS levels and they didn't come quite back as I wanted to as I wanted them to I didn't do as well as I thought I was going to um, so I ended up taking a year out um, between A level and university um, so that I could finish my A levels and get the grades that I wanted and I was hoping to apply to Cambridge um, so I got I think it was um, a couple of A's and a C and a B for my AS levels and I thought I need I need straight A's really so yeah. I took I took an extra year out and kind of fell into my first job which was at Deloitte so Deloitte run this uh, pre-university scheme called a scholar scheme and it's essentially they try and find the brightest young people who want to take a year out from study 
between A-level and university. Um, you go and you work for them for a few months. I think it was about eight months. You travel for a bit in the summer. And then when you hit university, you're an ambassador for that program and for oh, wow. Deloitte. Um, so every summer from university, I used to go back and do an extra kind of four to eight weeks of work um, on different clients. And then while I was at university, I'd tell all my undergraduate friends how amazing it was and how much they would love to go and work there. Um, so it's an, it's an incredible ambassadors program, but it was, it was my first step really into a proper office. Yeah. Um, and it was an incredible, incredible experience being exposed to huge companies, um, huge clients that Deloitte worked for as a management consultant and taking on similar roles as graduates um, and kind of getting stuck into the world of work. Uh, so I actually started off as a management consultant, which I never thought I would do. Um, I feel like I did fall into it slightly. Um, I heard about it from a friend, ended up doing the interview process, not really knowing what I was doing. I think I read about the credit crunch on the train on the way up to my interview. That's like me um, when I first read about PR. That was all my way to job interview. Now I've been in it for five years, so there we go. Yeah, it's, it's funny how things go, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started off as a management consultant, um, did politics at university, absolutely loved it, veered more towards the kind of green side of things and the energy side of things, um, and then did a master's um, in energy and climate policy uh, because it just fascinated me and I loved seeing how humans interacted with the environment and the effect that it was having and, again, those big philosophical questions about what's going to happen in 50, 100 years yeah. um, if we don't change the way that we're acting and the way that we interact with, with the earth. Um, and then from there, I moved into communications, um, strategic communications, PR, lobbying, uh, initially for an energy company, uh, but then as part of an agency. And... Um, and it was funny because we'd, all, we'd come up with the idea for Mystery Vibe, it must be, what, eight years, nine years ago now, when, when I was first at Deloitte. Um, so on my first day as an 18-year-old, walking into um, Canary Wharf, yeah. um, into this huge, uh, huge office, um, not Deloitte, so it was someone else's office, um, with about 200 graduates um, and five undergraduates, five 18-year-olds um, who'd been picked, not just for the scholar scheme, but for the management consulting scholar scheme. Um, I walked into that room full of people, what, four or five years, my, my senior, who were about to start their careers having just graduated. Um, and I met, who is now my co-founder on my very first day, Samira, um, who looked at me and said, oh my God, you're a baby. <laughs> what <are> you... <laughs> And I was like, I'm not a baby, I'm 18. And he was like, yeah, but I'm like in my mid-20s. Um, what are you doing here? And I explained to him like what I was doing and we became firm friends from there. Um, and it was that year that he came up with the idea and he told me the first time the idea or for Mystery Vibe. And um, so yeah, we, it came from a very long time ago. Um, and then what, a few years later, he decided that he wanted to make it happen and loop me in and... Here we are. Okay. So why the why the pause? Like why the I have this idea and then waiting a couple of years? Was there like a particular reason that it has to happen now versus eight years ago? I, I look back and I look at how much how far we've come, how much has changed in terms of society's attitudes to sex and to pleasure. Mm. Um, and I think if we'd done it eight years ago, 
it would have been a whole different story. Yeah. It would have been a lot harder. Um, I think even as much as I, I'm not a big fan of the books, um, Fifty Shades of Grey has done huge things for the industry in terms of making it more acceptable to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I used to see people reading it on the train. I read it on the bus. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> people read it out in the open. It's yeah. not, it's not, it wasn't this big taboo thing. Um anymore and so Fifty Shades did a lot for the industry but it it just felt like at that time what is it almost two years ago to the day actually I think it's middle of May um two years ago we started Mystery Vibe um looking back it just felt right it felt like it was the right time um there were big strides being made in terms of people's attitudes but also in terms of the way that technology was being used in this sector so we thought if we're going to do it let's just do it and we did it <laughs> so how does that kind of feel in a way so I, I know obviously when you first started Mystery Vibe you were doing Mystery Vibe and your full time job right mm-hmm. you were trying to keep both going as long as you could till you got to that point where as an entrepreneur as a co-founder it makes sense to take the full leap, leap. Yeah. of faith and go right I'm going to do it I'm going to gonna get rid of that job and I'm gonna just delegate you know 100% of my time to my passion the company that I'm building Mm -hmm. how how does that feel actually finally making that that jump um I'd say making that jump there's a lot of relief because when you're in we used to call it in stealth mode so um for the period of at least a year I used to run out of at lunchtime to have extra meetings or take phone calls um I, yeah, you feel guilty. You feel really guilty because I loved my job before as well. I loved my agency job. I loved my colleagues um, and I still meet up with them. In fact, I saw them just the other day Um, and I really enjoyed working with them. So I used to feel desperately guilty because I couldn't tell them what I was really up to and what I really wanted to do. So that kind of moment of making that decision was a real... A real relief, um, but also just knowing that you can dedicate yourself completely to something that you love and something that fills you with joy, and you feel so inspired to to wake up and get working on every morning. Um, it just it feels great. That's cool. So on that note, if you're you know you've made that leap, you're doing what you love. You know, what would your biggest piece of advice be for anyone who is thinking of? setting up their own tech company? I would say, I think, I think there's a lot of advice out there and a lot of it is much more, is from much more experienced founders, etc. Um, our, or my piece of advice would be to find the people that can help you and give them an incredible reason to help you. Um, network is just the most important thing and people say it over and over again how important people are to your business and I just I really want to kind of hammer that point home yeah your network is everything your network will help you with um, raising finance will help you with uh, refining your product so it fits a market or helping you think about how you could reach a new market your network will introduce you to journalists, they'll introduce you to your co-founder maybe, uh, your new employees. Um, your network is the most valuable thing that you have when you start out. 
um, and always have a cushion of money to sit on um, because things take longer and they cost more than you ever expect they will. So have, have a cushion. Have a cushion of money. <laughs> a money cushion. A cushion of money. <laughs> I'm just literally imagining a cushion of money. And sit on it. And sit on it. <laughs> so comfortable. Little smug cushion of money. Cool. So on that kind of the note of big piece of advice that you can kind of give to an entrepreneur, you know, from, from your side as a woman in tech as a female entrepreneur who would you say has been an inspiration to you in giving you an idea of where you want to go next or just kind of a feeling of empowerment with whatever you're doing are there any any figures out there that you would say have inspired where you are now I've been inspired by so many people and I hop from person to person to person and kind of draw things that I think they've done incredibly well or things that I think they do incredibly well and take inspiration from from that. Um, so I, I kind of hop from person to person. Um, I'd say my co-founder, um, Swamira, inspires me every day. Um, his determination, his drive, his sheer perfectionism, um, how amazing he is with customers he's a real inspiration to me and I, I learn something new from him each and every day that we work together. Um, I'd say I draw inspiration from all of the women around me. I'm very lucky in the sense that a lot of people feel that they can trust me with their stories and their struggles and I take inspiration from, from those people. Um, also just people that I meet who are doing incredible things and standing up to adversity and challenging the way that society thinks about a particular issue or a particular way that we do things. Um, so I try and draw inspiration from people who I actually meet um, physically or I have a conversation with because then you can really start to understand some of the context. I mean, people who who I, I, I've never met before and I just read a quote from, I, I can get inspired by that, but unless I understand a bit more about the context and what their life story was that led them up to that point where they could say, okay, you should do this, I find it a bit more tricky. So yeah. I, I try and draw inspiration from my friends, from people that I meet, um, from women founding businesses that do amazing things, who, who tell me their story and give me advice, um, yeah, from those closest to me. That's good. So basically drawing inspiration from the network. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I could name names and make people very embarrassed, but, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll save them that. Um, but yeah, women around me, I bloody love you. Okay, that's good. I like that on the Geek Girl podcast. Women around me, <laughs> bloody love you, which I do too. It's awesome. Um, you know, what are you, what are you reading or watching or listening to at the moment that's kind of helping you in your own business journey and kind of shaping mystery vibe and next step for the company? Um, one book that I am halfway through at the moment, um, which is amazing, is a book called, and it's for my industry, called Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, um, Dr. Emily, uh, who is an awesome force of nature in terms of sex and uh, women understanding their bodies more and kind of understanding their desire and how their life affects their pleasure and how their sex affects their life. Um, it's an incredible book and I recommend it wholeheartedly to every single woman listening to this podcast. 
but also to the men as well because it will help explain many things about your desire and your and your sex drive and around, about the women around you um it's an incredible book um i'm also reading i'm also halfway through the new book from girl on the net um, okay, yeah. which is amazing and entertaining i read it on the tube um and i'm always afraid that people are looking over my shoulder because it's got some quite raunchy stuff in there um but it's amazing (laughs) it's amazing and i think it's a real stand for women who uh enjoy sex and enjoy life and don't care about what other people think about their sex lives she's just fantastic um her blog is amazing and her book is a revelation to me um so I'm reading that uh and on the kind of on the more non well they're both non-fiction but on the more trying to be a better entrepreneur side um a book I read which was recommended to me by a friend um is by Anne Handley um everybody writes so I'm trying to write better yeah um I'm trying to write in a way that communicates how I think and how I want people to kind of understand more about the way that we're building Mystery Vibe, I want to be able to communicate that better. And there's no better way than by learning to write um, with a bit more precision and knowing how to get your message across on paper. Um, as you can see, I can ramble quite a lot when I, when I talk, but when I write, it's the same. So I'm trying to learn how to um, convey a message in fewer words um, when I'm writing yeah no that's that's a, a really kind of big thing and I think there's a lot of power in being a great storyteller yeah and whether you are someone who can get a story across in one sentence and make an instinct impact or you're someone who can tell a really nice story over five minutes right but actually keep the listener fully engaged with what you're doing Mm. that is a very powerful thing and there aren't enough great storytellers in the world specifically kind of within technology actually as well it's 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 hard sometimes to tell a great story around tech Mm -hmm. because tech is an enabler and you need to kind of step away from the tech and talk about the human element in order to tell the story so it's a very powerful thing And I think writing is one of those real difficult things that you can put off in your head and say, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it the next day. Um, Be staring in front of that white piece of paper and saying, what am I going to write? So having tools and tricks in your bag that you can pull out to help you uh, just get that first draft down or help you refine it. Because writing, it's a skill like any other. The more time you spend on it, the better you get. Um, it's not an easy thing to do but if you feel like you have some tips and tricks um, to help you write I think that's only a good thing yeah absolutely so the the nice thing about us stuff is that when we first met this was back in September, October last year Mm. and we were at Shoreditch House no just dropped names Um, (laughs) we were at an event at Shoreditch House um, and we met through a wonderful man called Gabby Kahane who is one of your investors, and we all love Gabby. And our first meeting was literally, Gabby told me to go talk to you because you were mystery vibe, and he knows that I would be totally off with what you guys are doing. So we're both of the same, we're both the same, right? We both believe in being able to talk openly about sex and breaking down taboos. So what do you think we could do or society could do 
in order to continue to break down those taboos? What's the kind of the simplest thing that might make a difference? The simplest thing is um, communicating, having conversations that are open and honest. Um, I was very lucky in the sense that my parents um, were very open and honest with me about sex and about relationships uh, from a very young age. And they encouraged me to be the same. Um, so I, I love them and I'm so thankful for that every day because I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my parents. Um, so having those conversations which can feel challenging sometimes at the time and can cover some very difficult things to talk about. Um, sometimes people feel awkward talking about sex and pleasure or what they want from their partner. Um, but just having that conversation, trust me, you will feel a hundred times better once you've had it. Um, or for girls, um, chatting with each other as they're getting ready to go on a night out, kind of understanding that... So, for example, women never talk about masturbation with each other. I don't understand that. That's just me. But I, you know, because I've just said we're of the same ilk, right? Yeah. I believe in being completely and open, like completely and openly honest about everything like that. But, you know, it's not a surprise. Women do masturbate. It's something that um, I think as teenagers, boys talk about a lot. Yeah. Um, and growing up from there uh, but women don't so when we don't talk about things they can sometimes feel like they're a little bit more alien like they're maybe not correct and you can sometimes feel a bit more shame around things so having those open conversations from a very young age um, is, is an important thing and I think as a society we're getting better at that there are some things which I think could improve for example sex education in schools yeah. um, could cover more stuff around sex that isn't for reproduction I think it's a very it's sometimes slightly narrow in the way that it looks at sex education um, but I think we are making the right moves as a society we just need to keep doing more of the same more open honest conversations about how important and how natural things like masturbation and sex are yeah I agree now I'm just going to be like, watch this space. We're going to have another podcast on this topic again. Um, <laughs> how can people reach you and what is next for Mystery Vibe? So people can reach us best, I think, on Twitter, um, at Mystery Vibe. Or if you want to reach me personally, I'm at Stephanie Alice. Uh, links on the page, I'm sure. Yes, down below. Below my voice right now. There we go. Yeah, you look there there exactly right there um so you reach us out reach us on twitter um or you can drop me an email stephanie at mysteryvibe.com um i love hearing from people um i love it if people have cool crazy ideas or want to talk more about stuff um yeah drop me a note uh now we're gonna end on one more question and then kind of wrap up but just for context because obviously we touched on you stepping away from your career going into mystery vibe and now you know you're, you're a co-founder you're running a business day to day and I know this because of what I do but you know what is there an average day for you at the moment what are the what's the kind of the big challenge <laughs> at the very beginning when you're a startup it's all about getting the stuff that needs to be done done um, so in terms of my days at the moment, there definitely is no average day. 
Um, we're a really small team, so um, I could be doing anything from heading into the factory and making up boxes and posting them to uh, writing things for our strategy or meeting up with journalists or um, I don't know. I do I do very different things every day, um, which is actually is what I love. Um, I love. The, a little bit of the unknown, not knowing what email is going to pop into my inbox and going to ask me to do something um, crazy, uh, go and speak somewhere or travel somewhere else or go meet with someone. Um, so yeah, no average day, uh, but that's a great thing. No, that is a very, very good thing. And what is next? What can we expect next from Mystery Vibe? So next for us, we're currently finishing up our pilot run, which is very exciting. Um, taking on feedback from that, um, making the product even better, and then a retail launch in summer. Ooh. Can't wait. You'll be able to go into a bricks and mortar shop and see Crescendo right there. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to party so hard when that happens. I can't um, <laughs> I know you can't. Uh, if anyone listening would like a Crescendo, I know we just said summer, it's coming but you know what can they do to kind of keep in the know about the release we're still available on pre-order um you can head to our website mysteryvibe.com um and you can purchase one there uh or if you prefer to wait until you can get it in your hands and have a look before you buy um summer is the is the time okay awesome stephanie thank you so much for joining us for geek girl meets uh, we will have another episode soon, and I am heading to San Francisco. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, so expect to have a couple of American voices on here very, very soon with some slightly different stories. On that note, please do subscribe and follow us on Twitter. So we are at GGMUK. You can catch us on Facebook at Geek Girl Meetup UK. And go sign up to our newsletter to stay in the loop on all of the Geek Girl Meetup events that we have coming up over the next few weeks. And you can do that at geekgirlmeetup.co.uk. Thank you again, my dear, for joining. Thank you for having me. And I'll speak to you guys soon. Bye.